When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everybody and greetings from Switzerland. Uh, The Royal Blue's pre-season diary uh, comes to the Alpine region. Uh, Yesterday, of course, the Blues uh, played their second pre-season friendly of the summer against FC Sion, uh, a nil-nil draw here in... uh, in, just down from Verbier in, in Bagnier uh, at uh, the Stade Saint-Marc um, and, and we saw the return of uh, a number of the key senior international players Sigurdsson, Dean, um, Bernard, um, Seamus Coleman, John Pickford of course returning yesterday in a uh, a decent workout for, for Michael Silver's team um, obviously it would have been nice to have, have got off to uh, winning ways this summer and um, and the Blues were the better team and deserved the victory, but nevertheless, uh, a solid workout and definitely an improvement um, on what we saw seven days earlier in Kenya. Uh, far more fluency, far more um, creativity, and, and and a much better feel about the team as 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 many of the senior players become integrated again. Um, so yeah, just checking in uh, on that and, and and offer offer some reflections on on that game and obviously looking ahead to Monaco on Friday um, it was very pleasing to see Michael Keane return and in a piece um, that I wrote this morning uh, you can read on the Echo website there's a real feeling the real presence about Keane now um, you know I remember 12 months ago Ken in the, in the shadows of, of the Alps sat down with Michael uh, in Austria obviously coming off the back of a tough debut season at Goodison where Nothing seemed to go to plan. Injuries, serious injuries, um, form and confidence had all taken their toll on him. And, and he made a, a very indifferent start to life at Everton in, in what was a very tough season. But he was a man with a point to prove um, at that, that point in July when, when we spoke. And you could tell that he was determined to show everybody that you know how good he was and why he is and will be proven worth the £25 million that Everton paid Burnley back in the summer of, of 2017 and I think last season largely he showed that and, and certainly finished really, really strongly uh, as Everton did with a number of clean sheets in, in the final 11 games of which which Michael was, was pivotal to and, 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 and yesterday, look, it, it, again, it remains early days, only the second friendly of the summer um, and and as we said after Ken, you know, these you need to take a pinch of salt in, with these games and you know, it remains about fitness at the minute. You know, the players doing double sessions. They trained on Sunday morning before the game on on Sunday afternoon. Um, so it's about getting through these games. But in the first half, Michael was head and shoulders the best player on the pitch. Uh, and the, and what I wrote and what I was trying to get across in the piece this morning about Michael is that you know coming into his third season now at the club, it, it was seen that he was. The heir to the Jagielka throw when he signed, and the, you know, there's that there's that story about about how the two passed each other at Finch Farm. Michael on his way in to sign the contract, Jags on his way out after doing some training or or or, or what have you. And it obviously obviously didn't pan out that way, and 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 uh, 
passing of the torch, if you like, hasn't happened as quickly as possible. But certainly last season, certainly in that second half when Michael really came to the fore, um, you know, you felt that, that the, the tide was turning in that respect. And obviously with Phil leaving the football club, you officially feel now that, that the void is there to be filled. And, and, and I think a lot of people would agree that for, for Silver at the minute, going into this new season, it certainly is a question of Michael Keane and who else will play beside him. Hopefully that is a, uh, you know, there's an option there of, of Kurt Zuma, Yerry Mean, who we've got high hopes for, and hopefully he comes back stronger. It feels like he's had a positive Copa America. And of course, Mason Holgate, who will be a centre-half option, um, you know, really learning his craft and, and, and hopefully... He can uh, he can kick on this season, but yeah, I, th- I think I think Keane even in a forty five minute cameo, is is just kind of reinforced that we're starting to see the the blossoming of of potentially a really really good centre half and and you know you you hope and and, and believe as well that somebody that can uh, fill that fill Jagielka void and, and as I say some Jagielka at his peak was somebody who carried as I say presence and and and, and 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 settled settled people, I think, didn't he? Largely, you know, if Jagiel was in the team, everybody was was happier. And I think you know Michael Keane's turnaround and transformation at Everton is certainly putting him towards towards that bracket. So a good forty five minutes for Michael, who, <laughs> to the uh, surprise of everybody, I think, uh, apart from possibly the uh, the players and the staff. Um, Played to his right at right back was Kevin Morales. When the team sheet dropped um, slightly delayed yesterday. When the team sheet did drop, which just all the all the positions seemed fairly easy to predict. Um, and and sort of um and ahhing about who would play right back. We thought maybe Joe Williams might be asked just to fill in as a one off. So you know some people you know understandably suggesting Tom Davis who has played there might fill in at right back. Well, I think I think the message coming out of of, of the club and certainly from Tom is that. You know he will be given an opportunity, certainly pre-season, to be playing as an attacking midfielder where he wants to. So it looked probably like Joe Williams would have been the obvious choice. Um, but then, sort of three or four minutes later, word kind of came to us that actually Morales in 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 a couple of training matches this week in Switzerland uh, had been asked to play at right back, and so it proved uh, he was due to play forty-five at right back. He only lasted half an hour in that position, not because Marco Silva decided to haul him off, but because uh, Joe Williams unfortunately picked up a little a little injury. Uh, Seamus Coleman came on and Morales played the last 15 minutes of that half in a more familiar right-wing position. Um, but uh, unless we've badly off the pace and and, <laughs> and incredibly wide of the mark on this one, I don't suspect it's a, uh, a ploy by Marco Silva to reinvent Kevin Morales and reignite his Everson career as a uh, as a defender, but more a case of filling in holes and, and plugging a gap where it was needed. And in fact, actually, nothing has changed with Morales and that he will either be sold or loaned out again this summer um, as he's now in the final 12 months of his contract. But no, it was uh, it was very interesting to see him there. He, look, I, I, think, I think he deserves credit for the sense that he didn't down tools, didn't look to be sulking at the task, you know, as, as could easily have been the case with some players you know, has to play so far out of position. Um, he 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 did a he did a stand up job as much as he could. He was you know, as you could understand, caught out of position on on a number of occasions. I think he was forgetting that he was he was full back and, and perhaps thought he was still playing forward. But 
look, he, he he made a stab of it and 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 did okay for thirty minutes, but no, it's not. Uh, I suspect not a reinvention of his Everton career at this stage. Um, just going back to uh, Holgate, just had a quick rundown of of, of the minutes so far uh, in preseason. Obviously, only two games in, but interesting to see that Mason Holgate has played the most minutes of anybody. Um, you got seventy two in Kenya. You got the full ninety. Last night here in Switzerland, so he's on 162. Nathan Broadhead, um, who I wrote about in my analysis after the game, he's second on the list. He's had 150 minutes um, so far in pre-season, and deservedly so. Obviously, came on earlier than he thought he was going to uh, in Kenya for the injured Luckman, and obviously with with Adamola still not right on that ankle, wasn't walking overly easily yesterday uh, around the ground. He got a full 90 yesterday and played really well. Um, I think he'd be impressing Marco, and, and he, he looks a player now, having been such a key component of the under-23 squad over the last two and a half, three seasons, um, and obviously a double Premier League 2 title winner himself. He now looks ready for regular first-team football, and that, that would be, you expect, um, alone in, in Championship or, or League 1, but no, he's, he's playing very well. And you know, and again, just going back to what Marco said before the game in Kenya about giving opportunities to young lads at this stage. Um, and Nathan is one of those who is taking it. Uh, next on the list, Lewis Gibson, another youngster, um, almost a full ninety in uh, Kenya, and another forty-five yesterday. And, and certainly looks like he's growing in confidence, being in around the first team pitcher with each um, with each passing game. So again, looking forward to watching both of those guys on Friday uh, in the game with Monaco. Uh, as mentioned at the top of the, the, uh, the this uh, diary piece, we saw Sigurdsson come back. I thought Sigurdsson actually looked relatively sharp um, in his 45. You know, he hit the bar, made the goalkeeper pull off another excellent save. Uh, look, it, it it wasn't it wasn't pristine vintage Sigurdsson, but I think for a first sh- uh, outing of the summer, um, I thought he looked pretty sharp. I did ask him if he felt sharp, and he said no, and just started laughing. But uh, no, I thought it, it was it was promising signs. You know, and again, you know, with, you know. And people, you know, we're talking about Fabian Delph coming to the football club, and obviously the perceived wisdom is that, you know, Michael Silver, Brands, etc., see that Delph is somebody that's going to bring a degree of leadership, you know. I think Sigerson, again, he has to fall into that category and hopefully get the opportunity to ask Marco about this when I, uh, we're planning to see him Tuesday evening um, here in Verbier. Um, about the captain situation, obviously he likes to have the three captains. Um, we suspect, obviously, Coleman, Baines, and probably Sigurdsson would be his three skippers uh, this season. So, you know, you know, Sigurdsson will be thirty in September. You know, he's a real kind of, you know, joint top scorer last season. I think you know the the team, the players, supporters will still look to him um, in the big moments. And so, yeah, he uh, really encouraging to see him looking. I think anyway, as sharp as he is so early, because you know he will be vital if if the team are going to break the top six. Um, a consistent and and Sigurdsson and Sigurdsson delivers in the big moments, uh, once again will be vital. Um, and obviously Sigurdsson, uh, Bernard came close uh, on Sunday. He was denied after some excellent work by Broadhead. Um, but yeah, Sigurdsson had looked the most likely, and of course it reinforces uh, the, the point that we all know and everybody from top to bottom of the football club knows that uh, centre forward is required. Uh, Umani Ass has led the line in the past two games and will in all likelihood start against Monaco on Friday. Um, it, it's just typical stuff f- from Umar, everything you'd expect. Working his socks off, uh, chasing the ball, running the channels, doing everything he you know 
everything he can and, and, and to his credit doing a lot of the hard work that some players at this stage in the summer perhaps wouldn't feel inclined to do um, but on the other side you know he, he his touch remains uh, inconsistent and he isn't unfortunately not uh, any more of a threat than he was last time we saw him in royal blue so again reinforcing the need for striking uh, additions to go with Calvert-Lewin obviously Richarlison will be another option up front as he was last season um, but yeah you know the club you know mindful of the fact that the, the a centre forward um, is 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 a pressing uh, a pressing issue um, yeah and after, after the game it was it, it was a, officially it was 1800 people at the Stad St Mark yesterday for the game Um I think I think half of those remain in the clubhouse watching the Wimbledon final. Obviously, Roger Federer is big news over here, as you imagine. Uh, and after the game, you may have seen on my Twitter, put a, a short video clip. After the game, Tom Davis and uh, Jonas Lossel went into the bar slash clubhouse, a small area of uh, this tiny ground, uh, to watch um, some of the closing stages of the men's final between Federer and Novak Djokovic. Um, you know, just st- stood amongst fans from 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 Switzerland and 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 some of the blues had made the trip over you know watching this this what what sounded like a pretty epic uh, game of tennis um, you know even <laughs> some of the event staff members eager for the team get the team bus back up the uh, back up the mountain uh, up into Verbier having to sort of knock on the uh, knock on the window and tell them they needed to hurry up and Lossel try to bargain for another couple of minutes to uh, just so they could watch a little bit more of the of the final, so uh, no good, interesting scenes. And the players at the end were mobbed by the supporters. I mean, Sigurdsson in particular must have posed for about twenty five selfies. Coleman really gracious with his time. Pickford, Bernard, you know, Luca Dean as well. I think handed over his shirt to uh, a local fan. So no great reception as as the team got in Kenya. They've been uh, warmly received also in, uh, in Switzerland, and you know, through, throughout the course of of the week. So far, we've seen a couple of players knocking around in Verbier, just taking it in. It is a a stunning place with, as you can imagine, and I'm sure you've seen some of the pictures, a quite um, stunning backdrop as well. So, uh, no, there are worse places for the players to be at this point in the season. uh, But, of course, this is all about hard work, and I imagine the players have been back down at training today. You know, more double sessions planned at this stage. It's very much about getting them fit uh, and prepared for the season to come so yes thank you very much uh, for listening to this uh, audio diary entry and we'll do another one later in the week as we build up towards um, the friendly with Monaco you've been listening to the Royal Blue podcast from the Liverpool Echo